0: I feel like it's very easy to imagine. Toss.
1: Toss sleeping at the foot of O'Brien's bed. (laughs) (laughs) And And Keiko's like, don't let him on the bed.
0: Oh, Miles. (laughs) Oh, Miles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. I am Lily Rosson.
0: And I'm Cole Paulson, and welcome back to Deep Space Wine, a podcast that attempts to recap and decode every episode of Deep Space Nine, the forgotten stepchild of the Star Trek universe. Each episode, we will share a bottle of wine, wind down, and then wind ourselves up again with our strong opinions about DS9, because in our social experience, there is nothing people love more than when someone talks at length about Star Trek or wine. It's true. (laughs) Um, Do you have a lot to say about tonight's episode, Captive Pursuit?
1: I've got some things to say. There's a lot of fashion.
0: There's, I know. I knew you'd be happy because of all the fashion.
1: But yeah, no, I, I, I suppose this is just a really good episode, so I didn't have to delve too deep on finding some weird feminist lens. or
0: Yeah, I mean, DS9 gets its very first visitor from the Gamma Quadrant.
1: Um, prime directive. Ooh, the prime
0: directive might be violated by one of our heroes. Could be. This is a very tried and true formula for a Star Trek episode. I mean, I, I thought about even... Trying to think, all the Star Trek episodes that have this exact same plot. <laughs> <laughs> you encounter uh, a new alien species, and they seem fine, but they suddenly have a very reprehensible, at least to humans, custom. Yeah. And someone on, on the crew is so morally outraged that they violate orders and even the Prime Directive <sighs> to do what they think is right. Yeah. Right?
1: It's more like the Prime suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely not the first person to make that joke. (laughs) It's very poor, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun because someone always steps up and does the right thing and then of course they get in trouble at the end of the episode and you never know just how much trouble they're going to get in like are they going to get a slap on the wrist or a demotion or like a slap on the wrist and then a promotion. Yeah, Um, it could go either way. Yeah.
1: Yeah and I suppose the premise is always sort of people are different from us. And then the end is like, hmm, people are different
2: from us. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like this sort of interesting moral relativism question, but then someone just does the right thing and kind of gets in trouble, but then doesn't because yeah. you're like, you're, you're the real hero. Wink, wink. But you know, we love, we love to see people breaking rules yeah. to do what's right. It's That's very much
1: like do what you feel.
0: <laughs> like admirals are there to be disobeyed. The prime directive is there to be violated. Yeah. Right. It's
1: why we love it. That's... It's why we're here. Yeah. So this episode, any other thoughts that jumped out to you?
0: I was also very surprised. It's the first O'Brien-centric episode. And it's also maybe the only O'Brien episode where he's not horrifically suffering.
1: He is having a blast this episode. He's just making friends. I was quite happy for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He's not doing 20 years of hard labor. His wife isn't possessed by a demon. His daughter doesn't get turned into a cavewoman. Yeah.
1: He's just making friends. Keiko doesn't even show up. Although <laughs> yeah. although everyone seems to know about their marital <laughs> discord. <laughs> it Everyone's gets brought talking. up quite <laughs> a lot. It's a small place. The station's a small place.
0: It's nice that they threw a brian in this one bone, um, given, you know, his, his awfully miserable marriage. He's and-
1: chuffed. And then, you know, in the latest, seasons when his only solace is this sort of weird relationship friendship with Bashir. Yeah, that's how he suffers the most. Do not ship that friendship. I I know you
0: don't. I know you don't. That's O'Brien's real cross to Barry. It is. Yeah, it's lovely. Okay, I'm glad you liked it. I, maybe I found it a little simple. Yes.
1: I think that's sort of where I went. But it's a romp. We love a romp. Morality gets questioned. Mm, Love that. Most importantly, people wear some outrageous outfits. (laughs) Uh...
0: (laughs) And I think you clocked, like me, that the inspiration for this episode was The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I had to look up about that story. But I was vaguely familiar with the title. Of it. I
1: had to look it up, but I knew it in sort of a modern lexicon, and I knew what it was.
0: Apparently, it is the most popular short story in the English language.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great story. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it, but I've read a synopsis. (laughs) Have I read the Wikipedia synopsis? Yes. (laughs) Indeed I have. (laughs) But the concept is pretty familiar to everyone. Like rich person who has no moral compass and too much money... Hunts people, hunts people for, for sport. sports
0: yeah yeah but what I didn't know is that he hunts a game hunter in the short story yeah and so it's sort of this hunt is come more up
1: exciting
0: right because the, the prey also knows how to yeah. hunt and the prey is sentient mm. Mm.
1: I guess the other thing with the dangerous game was also the fox hunt uh, yes. which we can get mm. into so
0: it seems like you caught the moral message of the episode
1: it's like I watched it and then Googled some things.
0: <laughs> did you catch the, the costume clues I about did. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I did.
1: I'm very excited to talk about it. But yeah, so I looked up what the traditional um, drink to serve with a fox hunt is, and it's port. Uh, but we're not insane, so we're not going to sit here and drink a whole bottle of port. So Uh-oh. I just bought something else. Okay. <laughs> you were excited. <laughs> I love port. Oh, no. Let's go back from
0: Portugal, where I tried every possible kind well, of
1: port. Well, I can promise you at the bottle shop there was no port from Portugal. Yeah, It fair. was like terrible Australian port, uh, okay. um, which you don't want. So I still feel like I made the right choice.
0: So in a fox hunt, do they drink the port before or after the hunt?
1: They drink it before, and then right. they yell "Tally ho!"
0: Right. Yeah. So they they get tipsy. They get on their horses. They shout "Tally ho!" I think. Start to chase. might have made that part Foxes. Yeah, they
1: drink it from like a weird stirrup cup. I don't know what that is, but I I looked it up.
0: Does "tally ho" mean anything? Um, onward. Yeah. Great. I got sorry. Many M- that, questions. That there
1: ends my my uh range of knowledge your about anthropo- fox fence. <laughs> <fox hunts. laughs> all right so what what we're drinking tonight is um a 2022 Gamay Noir from Ravensworth is the producer in Murren Bateman uh which is in New South Wales about 30 kilometers from Canberra it is called Charlie Foxtrot hmm uh, which in military terms means a chaotic situation. So basically like Much a, like our podcast. Like a clusterfuck. Mm. And I and Fox is in the title and honestly I struggled a little bit this week. Oh, <laughs> I, was great. Port was an idea and then there was this. And also we'll put a photo up on the gram of the label and it's a it's like a beautifully done label that is a butchery scene.
0: Oh, of something that's been hunted and getting chopped up for the... Yeah, the so
1: I think it's based on sort of the beautiful 17th century kitchen scenes um, in paintings. Yeah. It's quite beautiful in its own way. But yes, definitely meat that has been slaughtered.
0: Is it ethical to hunt if you're going to eat what you kill? Or is all hunting unethical, Lily?
1: These are the questions, Cole.
0: I have questions. Look at the cute little kitty, though, trying to like, get a bite of the yeah. slaughtered deer. Yeah, he
1: gets a bit of offal.
0: <laughs> Who's eating that offal? Awful is like the, like stomach or something.
1: Awful is just the the parts that um that aren't the prime cuts. Yeah, but yeah, a, a lot of the time it it's like kidneys, name. liver, yep, um, cheeks,
0: mm.
2: etc. Awful.
1: Yeah. Tasting notes. Mm. Um, it's a gamay. I
0: don't think I've ever heard
1: of gamay. Gamay, it's kind of like the spicy cousin of Pinot Noir. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like a little bit spicy. Lots of fruits. You've got strawberries. Berries, floral notes, lilac, violets. It's quite light bodied. Mm -hmm. You can see the colour. I have pre poured this one actually. So, Mm -hmm. everyone, because apparently it's better with like a little bit of air. Light bodied, fruity. It's, uh, yeah, predominantly made in Beaujolais and the Loire Valley. Uh, But this one is from New South Wales.
0: So, Gamay is a French variety? Yes, correct. Yeah.
1: Gamay. Mm. Should we uh,
0: drink it? Should we do it? Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Telly-ho.
1: <laughs> view halloo. That's a, that's a term from the fox hunt.
0: What is it? view halloo. <laughs> Seriously? And
1: I know it from Mary Poppins. So.
0: <laughs> what does it mean? Uh,
1: it there's just, a fox there. I it's
0: think. like when you find a fox. I think and, so. God, fox hunting is weird. It's
1: bloody weird. It's real nice.
0: You like it? Yeah. It's kind of peppery.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says with 10 question marks in his voice. You know, I haven't,
0: <laughs> I haven't dared try to, uh, interpret these, these, what's it called when you like try to like look for notes and stuff? Tasting? I haven't tried to You haven't taste tried tasting it. You've just been
1: drinking. <laughs>
0: I mean, story of my life.
1: <laughs> oh, let's unpack that later. Um, yeah, this one, uh, from the producer, they say it's juicy, crunchy, full of red fruits and spice. And an underlying sense of purpose, all wrapped in a super juicy palette. Look, I love wine writing. I find it, um, it's sort of definitely more of an art than a science.
0: An underlying sense of purpose. Genuine question, can a wine, can a taste of wine have an underlying sense of purpose? I
1: don't know. Take another sip. You tell me.
0: (laughs) If you insist. I mean, I find it very relatable. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, should we um, give a little shout out to our in-studio audience? Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs>
1: uh, so tonight we are performing for a live audience of two.
0: First time, get your tickets for the next one. <laughs> your sister has gotten shout outs, I think, like multiple times already.
1: Yeah, she's, she's a central figure in both of our lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Izzy here with us and we've got my housemate Louise, who has seen exactly one episode of Star Trek. Oh, two, I just made her watch the Star Trek Strange New Worlds musical and she tolerated it. <laughs>
1: I love when people you know tolerate an episode of
0: Star Trek. It's, it's an act it's of how, friendship. It's how you know they love you. Exactly. <laughs> it's my love language.
1: Ah, all right. Should we, uh, should we dive in?
0: Let's queue it up. Tally ho. I,
1: I'll
0: stop saying that.
1: No, no. I've written tally ho like about 40 times <laughs> <Okay>. in my notes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let
0: the games begin. Right. So we start with a bizarre, troubling Completely out of place scene that goes nowhere else in the episode. Is it completely out
1: of place? Sorry, continue. Uh, uh,
0: So a new Dabo girl is filing a a sexual harassment complaint to Cisco towards her employer. Uh, There's apparently a hidden obligation in her employee contract for sexual favors for Quark. Um, Yikes. Yeah. I mean, the good news about this scene is that both of the actors and the director seem to be taking it very seriously.
1: They do. In a way.
0: Yeah, but then at the same time, this plot goes nowhere. So I can only conclude that it's written as a sort of like day in the life of DS Nine. Like, oh, Quark's up to his old tricks. Mm,
1: Is that how you read it? Yeah, I can't. There's no other explanation. If there there had been some sort of follow-up, I would say that maybe it's um, questioning the kinds of way that people can be preyed upon. Ooh, it's my feminist lens. You're tying it all together, am I? But if if they've seen a lot of credit, look, I am. But if they'd finished bookended it with something about dealing with this exactly dealing with um quark's predatory behavior it would have been chef's kiss yes but no they don't bring it up ever again but really let's just like shelve that and can we just talk about what she's wearing
0: at least they gave us that (laughs) incredible outfit
1: um so i wrote Whoa, double. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everything about it is perfect. But my favorite is like the tiny little gold bow. I
2: know, the
1: bow tie on the top of her scalp. Because she's got like a really ridgy forehead with an incredible receding hairline. Great forehead. And at the back of that is bright red permed hair and these crazy wispy red eyebrows. I mean, she's um, looking great. She's fab. She is making like bold choices. Um what do you we make can it for, all appreciate that.
0: Yeah, what do you make of her sort of ruffled, what do you even call this so, the top I said situation? It's it's a
1: shroud-like tunic on top with puff pirate sleeves, like something perhaps a high school art teacher would wear. Mm, mm-hmm. The bottom half is a maroon, skin-tight velvet onesie, and I
0: i just appreciate it. We, I think we both give it all the thumbs up. I love
1: her, and look, not to blame the victim, but, you know, Quark's, <laughs> Quark's only a Ferengi. Am I right? Am I uh, right, fellas?
0: Joke's only Lily can make. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's my fun fact Ooh. about this fantastic Dabo girl. Tell me, she's played by the actress Kelly Curtis, who is Jamie Lee Curtis's sister. Whoa! <laughs> is that what Sarah? Uh, what else has she done? Uh, I mean, she did, she did, hasn't won an Oscar for God, her work, has she? Yeah. Janet Lee's daughter. She's a Dabo girl on Deep Space Nine, Whoa. and we're we're proud of her.
1: We're proud of her, but I also feel kind of bad.
0: I thought she did a great job. I thought
1: she did a great job, but <laughs> maybe with some wasted talent.
0: But okay, just one more nail in the coffin of this scene. Mm. Apparently the first draft of it ended with her saying, Thank you, Captain. Why don't you come by and see me sometime? <gasps> yeah, I'm glad yeah. they cut that. Yeah, apparently there was a big debate in the writer's room about whether or not to keep it.
1: Whoa. And the one woman in there was like... Oh,
0: oh sweetie, you think there was a woman on the writing staff? It's <laughs> <That's> cute. <laughs>
1: Fair bump. Yeah, I'll take it. Um,
0: so I guess, I mean, Cisco gets to be a hero.
1: Does he, though? Because he kind of just ushers her out. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that later. And then we don't hear that it's been dealt with.
0: <laughs> I'd like to assume he follows up.
1: Yeah. I, I think calling him a hero is maybe a bit of a stretch. Oh, that was sarcasm, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was- before Look, <laughs> I find it hard to know you do love Cisco.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm bringing you around to Cisco. But no, this is obviously really shitty 1993. Writing about what a male hero does and he takes sexual harassment claims seriously. Yeah,
1: he's like, I'll look into the fine print on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, not important now. Bye bye. <laughs> right.
0: I've got other matters to attend to. Yeah. But we stand her a uh, gold little pussycat tie.
1: We stand the whole fit. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great. Okay, so they're interrupted by Kira because the wormhole <gasps> has just burst open. An unidentified ship is coming through.
1: Yeah. Shooting out the wormhole.
0: (laughs) Shooting out the wormhole. Uh, There's one life sign on board. We hail him. And uh, on the view screen, we are introduced to cute little alligator friend. Oh. And his ship is badly damaged. Uh, He doesn't want to to dock because he seems to be in a bit of a hurry. But O'Brien practices some beautiful bedside manner and helps tractor beam the ship in yeah he's really got some some nice bedside manner he says uh steady now friend
1: yeah so begins his labored use of the
0: word friend (laughs) he really loves (laughs) (laughs) he loves
1: calling this guy friend To the point where you're like, are you gonna murder him? Stop calling him friend.
0: Yeah, it's like the writers were like, well, people know that O'Brien is forming a friendship. Yeah, we should call this guy friend.
1: Beat that dead horse. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but O'Brien says, lower your shields, friend. Just relax and enjoy the ride, Mm. and get him to safety. Cisco, who's good at reading the room, is really impressed with O'Brien's likability factor and um, follows Dax's advice to dispense with the usual first contact procedures and just let O'Brien go down and greet the guy on his own mm-hmm. at the airlock.
1: Mm-hmm. Prime directive be
0: damned. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, you know, He seems a little shy, so screw the rules. Yeah,
1: um, but it's the right call because it seems like a lizard alligator guy immediately trusts O'Brien's vibe.
0: They've got a nice friendship An connection. immediate
1: connection straight away. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love to see it. And that's that's the captivating teaser to this episode.
1: And it's great. I'm captivated. <laughs> and teased. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I wrote was that Cisco does his whole diplomatic spiel and that he's clearly practiced it in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh and hail it. Hail it! Hail it! <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're you're coming around no, at the Cisco actor. Yeah, I yeah, really am. Yeah, yeah, God,
1: yeah. This podcast has changed things for
0: me. <laughs> it's changing, changing one like opinion.
1: Getting out the little Cisco pillow that you got for me. Do you still have the Cisco yeah, pillow I, I gave do. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah, it was um, it was in storage, but I recently yeah, found it. <laughs> and I think
0: it came with a note like, "I promise you'll like him more when he's bald."
1: Yeah, and I didn't really, but I do now. <laughs>
0: So after the intro, O'Brien boards the alien ship, but our alligator friend is nowhere to be seen. Where'd and that rascal go?
1: His uh, toolbox makes a second appearance. I knew I knew you'd like to <laughs>
0: trust you the O'Brien yeah, 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 to yeah, so <laughs> Continuity, that's what I'm in this for. O'Brien brings out friend again. Friend, are you here? You've got nothing to worry from me. Is this also the most irish o'brien episode he's, he's very irish in this episode
1: maybe it's just because he gets to talk so much
0: yeah i mean maybe either irish or it's, it's also just very blue collar like yeah. it's a lot of like drinking beer and bonding over like mechanics and it's, engines uh,
1: it's how men do it Carl. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah.
0: so he can't find the alien but he gets distracted by some really cool looking engines He starts talking to himself and saying what a great engineer he is because he can recognize how the engines work. Uh, Yeah, he's
1: got good self-efficacy. Yeah, isn't that nice? He's like, I am a good engineer. Good for him.
0: (laughs) Is that a plasma injector? (laughs) An off-axis field controller? Oh. Um, When then suddenly our alligator alien appears out of thin air behind him. Uh, I guess he's got a personal cloaking device, Mm -hmm. but he's not menacing. He's adorable. Yeah. And poor O'Brien is startled and bangs his head on the panel. Dang. He says you can't sneak up on people, friend. It's an Alpha Quadrant rule, uh, which it's not. <laughs> he promises to help this guy fix his ship. The alien seems uh, pretty anxious and in a hurry to get on his way. Also, incredibly robotic. I mean, I just I called him like the, the robot alligator in my notes throughout this. He does identify himself as Tosk. What's your species? What's your name? He just says, I am Tosk. I am mm-hmm. Tosk. Uh, very, uh, I am Groot before. I am Groot was cool, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, totally.
0: He also seems to be obfuscating about what happened to his ship, claiming that it was the wormhole passage that, that might have roughed it up. Um, and O'Brien knows he's, seems unlikely. he's hiding something. Yeah. But then O'Brien gets him out of the ship, lures him out of the ship with his sort of disarming Irish brogue. And I thought it was almost like he was talking to a pet dog like in or out. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on.
1: Yeah, he's definitely speaking down to him a little, but in a, in a very friendly manner.
0: Yeah. It's also the the first time, first of many, I thought, where they are trying to make this link between Tosk and an animal. Yeah. I mean, even O'Brien's sort of like talking down to him, yeah. like, here, boy, here. Yeah. And he clearly, he looks like an animal too, obviously, yeah. right? So that that's there from the beginning. Yeah.
1: Well, while we're on that, can we just quickly talk about the outfit?
0: I would love nothing more. Right. <laughs> uh, Gamma <laughs> Quadrant fashions. You heard it here first.
1: So his his actual skin, yeah, is sort of scaled like mm-hmm. an alligator. hmm with like little plates on the back of his head. Uh, but he's also in a very form-fitting outfit that's a bit like a second skin. I mean, is it the skin of a different animal?
0: Whoa, it's like a snake skin pattern. I hadn't yeah. noticed that. Um,
1: and it's got a very... Or is it
0: made out of dead tusks?
1: Oh, yeah, mm. the tusks of the forefathers. Mm. <laughs> but it's got a beautiful plunging scoop neck, uh, which I like. As well as it, he, he is built a bit like a rugby player with some big thighs, so it, you know it's quite a choice.
0: I, I don't think it uh, complements his figure.
1: No, but he's doing it. Maybe well, it's I, practical. I don't think he has much it's choice. It's like ro- the rowing zoot suits. It's at pr- you know? it's, 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 it's leisure, it. yeah. really.
0: It's form over function. I thought this one.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what else? Oh yeah, when he introduces himself, he says, "My name's O'Brien," and Tosca immediately gets it confused and says, "Oh." Brian. And I love it. I think that should have been the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because if you watch the episode with subtitles, Tosk always says, "Oh, oh Brian." Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is is charming. Yeah. Um and oh. the
1: mu- the music as well? Did you notice the music? I didn't. So the music I thought was um quite hitchcockian. What? Yeah, it's uh it's very film noir. It's almost like um like the score from Vertigo.
0: So is Tosk like the femme fatale? I- No. (laughs) no.
1: Sorry. (laughs) It's not the femme fatale. Why? um, He's the
0: ingenue. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) why is there Hitchcock music playing when O'Brien's meeting his blue-collar buddy in the shop room? I
1: think it's uh, denoting that something is amiss. There's a mystery. There is a
0: mystery. Yeah. I think he's the femme fatale. Not all femme fatales are dangerous, despite the word.
1: (laughs) I don't know. He screams ingenue to me. (laughs) He's...
0: He's a person with a checkered past.
1: Yeah, he is caught up in something that...
0: And O'Brien doesn't know how involved he wants to get.
1: Yeah, but he will help. He will. Yeah, yeah.
0: because he's a, a good-hearted, like, Sam Spade. Yeah, all right. Wow. Wow. Cool. You are scraping back the layers.
1: I am scraping something.
0: Just, just like together. TOSK's <laughs> thin, thin snake outfit. <laughs> so uh, O'Brien brings TOSK down to the promenade. They pass through a metal detector. Um, I call it Chekhov's metal detector. Mm. The weapons detector goes off because of O'Brien's phaser, which very much piques TOSK's interest. Mm. Mm. He
1: also gets really scared by it and does like this. Cute little double take, jump in the air that kind of looks like he's busting a move. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) he's got this. (laughs) Brings out his claws. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's kind of got cat-like energy yeah
1: it's cat-like and it's sort of like hyper vigilance
0: yeah yeah yeah. Brain, um, as it were. yeah like prey ready to be yeah leapt on at any exactly. time mm-hmm. o'brien is is trying his damnedest to be disarming and funny Full of gas. uh you know he explains his phaser saying well when you go into an alien ship if you don't know what you're gonna find maybe an invisible alien am i right yep, yep. <laughs> i mean tosk asks what the station is for And O'Brien jokes like, well, you know, sometimes I look around and I think it's the flea market to the sector. Mm,
1: And he's not wrong.
0: (laughs) He's not wrong. And then Portosk stares at him for just an incredibly long time. Stares at
1: him and he also has no sense of personal space. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But then finally gets O'Brien's joke. O'Brien's joke. Yeah. Ah, you made. Joke. Yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> Tosca's really fascinated by the infirmary and then really fascinated when Quark throws out uh, someone who's been cheating at the uh, casinos it's
1: a bullion. <gasps> oh Lily I'm so proud yeah I was Ooh. gonna quiz you what it's the blue skinned aliens a are little blue <laughs>
0: old
1: <Or> guy <laughs> Are they I don't know.
0: Great question. I do know that uh, they have multiple spouses and they can be in same gender relationships. Cool. <laughs> so
1: Go Bolians.
0: fun fact I know about Bolians.
1: <laughs> so much more progressive and <laughs> stanky human. And you
0: know the um, barber on the Enterprise D is a Bolian, so yes. they've got. And it's ironic because they're bald, but
1: they've got oh, good like yeah, yeah, hair yeah. fashion yeah, sense. Yeah yeah. 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 All right. Yeah.
0: Lots to say ya. about Bolians. Yeah. yeah. Great. Tosk is taking it all in, but he's still very mum about any uh, details of his life or um, what he's running from. Um, He won't even say what his purpose is. He just keeps saying, I am Tosk.
1: Yeah, he is Tosk. He's Tosk. Yeah. (laughs) What is it? Odo says later, he's like, Yeah, you are. No, he doesn't. He's like,
0: So it seems. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like that. O'Brien takes Tosk to his guest quarters o'brien immediately apologizes about how poorly the room is decorated i mean like classic irish hosting anxiety yeah i guess <laughs> i guess <laughs> maybe
1: keiko could uh, could have prettied it up with some flowers or something Jeez, keiko
0: I don't know why O'Brien just immediately went to the interior decorating of the quarters.
1: I think he's nervous and making tons of jokes. Yeah. Uh, They're not all.
0: Because he's got a little friend crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're falling
1: very flat, but he keeps going.
0: (laughs) It's like me on first dates. Oh. It's
1: like everyone on first dates.
0: Sometimes I talk about the interior decorating. Um, he points to the bed, but Tosk uh, doesn't see much point of a bed. He says he only needs 17 minutes of sleep a day. Yeah. O'Brien can't relate. He needs a classic eight hours, normal oh. eight hours like me. Same, O'Brien. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Preferably nine. <laughs> <laughs> Tosk uh, also doesn't need a snack because he's got liquid nutrients stored in plasmic fibers inside his body. Cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> cool and gross. stuff. But O'Brien's got like grandma hosting energy and he still wants to brag that the replicators can make a mean bowl of oatmeal. <laughs>
1: It's very Irish, isn't it? You're yeah. right.
0: Yeah, very Irish bowl of oatmeal, and also I, I thought that you can't blame O'Brien for being really proud that the replicators are working after last week's debacle. Oh, yeah. He's been through it with those He's replicators.
1: Like, uh, these ones won't give you a virus. <laughs> what virus?
0: <Yeah>. What? <laughs> <This one's working. laughs> you won't die. <laughs> Way link. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Call back. <laughs> Great call back. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten all of. The- <laughs> Tusk is just a keen bean to get working on ship repairs, but he is grateful and he says thank you. Um, but when O'Brien leaves, Tusk goes immediately to the computer in his room and starts snooping around, trying to get info on where the weapons are stored. <gasps> da, da, da. He seems cute, but he's really into guns. You know,
1: and then the computer just tells him.
0: Yeah, the weapons are stored in this secret like, locked cabinet. The
1: worst security of all time.
0: <laughs> They've got an information access policy in the future. Yeah. Freedom of Information Act. Yeah. Well, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, up in Cisco's office, O'Brien is is telling Cisco that he hates to prejudge anyone. (laughs) Lol. Lol, (laughs) O'Brien. But a man who's always looking over his shoulder is waiting for trouble to find him. Yeah. And thinks Tosk might have a checkered past.
1: Will ingenue Femme Fatale? Perhaps. I, I
0: think Tosk is the Femme Fatale. Yeah. All right. Um, Cisco just says, keep an eye on him. I'll have Odo keep an eye on him too, because O'Brien still doesn't sense any trouble from this guy.
1: Anything nefarious. Yeah. So
0: they're down in Tosk's ship and they're bonding over engines, teaching each other about ram scoops yeah. and.
1: Ram scoop. Piece of cake. Ava <laughs> notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, piece of cake is just an idiom, Tosk. Mm, yeah, it's,
1: it's classic buddy comedy stuff. <laughs> classic buddy
0: comedy. Yeah, so they've got a plan to, to replicate some missing parts. It, it'll still take a day or two, though. Tosk is hella impatient because he really does not want to wait around even to test the equipment. He's got to get going.
1: He's in a hurry. O'Brien uh, yeah.
0: comes in with another joke like, well, if you don't test it and it fails, I'll have a bad reputation in the gamma quadrant. <laughs> I think this is the only episode O'Brien tries to be funny in.
1: (laughs) He's, I really empathize. It's like someone is giving you nothing and it just makes you nervous and you have to keep rattling off jokes.
0: Yeah, a lot of my first dates. Yeah. Uh, O'Brien says, man, you're the most natural straight man I've met in ages. Yeah. Which actually made me think, like, I mean, what about Data back on the Enterprise? Sure. Like, Star Trek loves this type of character. But it's been
1: like a whole month since he's hung out with Data. Sure. He's he's wanting it because everyone's a bit spicy on DS (laughs) now. (laughs) <laughs> and like you're like mm, is Odo a straight man no Odo is sarcastic as fuck
0: yeah no, no he's uh, Odo brings the comedy yeah. yeah he's not the data I used to yeah. think he was but he brings the comedy he does why does Star Trek though, why is Star Trek so fascinated with uh, characters who struggle to emotionally connect
1: I mean Gene Roddenberry he knew about neurodiversity before the rest
2: of us
0: yeah. Spock really does seem like a coded neurodivergent character. And then Data is just the new Spock. Um, and every single show seems to have that on the spectrum neurodivergent character um, yeah. who just finds human emotional complexity utterly bizarre and unrelatable. Yeah. Um, I guess
1: it's a good lens as well to sort of look at the silliness of what we do. Yeah.
0: I guess it's just that pure curiosity yeah. um, lets you just sort of question things yourself. Like, huh. Never thought what? Never thought about oatmeal.
1: Why does O'Brien hate his nagging wife Keiko?
0: (laughs) 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 Well, so he he finally convinces Tosk to at least take a break and go take a load off in Quarks. Let's get a beer. Let's get a beer, friend. We bonded and let me get you a cold one. They walk into Quarks, um, right as some dude, I guess just one Dabo.
1: Um, and I do love when it's a combo of people and they, they win at Darbo and then just immediately walk away from the table. They don't collect their winnings. They walk straight out of the bar laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: extras, your job is to cheer and immediately leave.
1: Woo, we won, bye! Because if you
0: have any lines of dialogue, we'll have to pay you more. So get out of here. Uh, it's a
1: vibe in there. It's the flea market. Morn is there. Yeah, and morn is happening.
0: Morn is the epitome of fun. yes. <laughs> I mean, Tosk is just utterly fascinated, can't relate. Apparently fun doesn't exist in the Gamma Quadrant or R&R.
1: Yeah, and I also think he, he's like an incredibly hypervigilant creature. It's a bit of an odd place to take someone like that. I, I think it's a little bit rude.
0: Yeah, when you're always looking over your back. That's actually a really good call. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why Tosk sort of lazy shames O'Brien. He says, all right, <laughs> you sleep a full third of your rotation. You rest and relax while you're awake. Alpha Quadrant has far too much downtime.
1: Yeah. And O'Brien's all like, my wife would find that funny. Because <laughs> any chance to throw under the bus, and he will.
0: <laughs> and then he's surprised people think his marriage is miserable.
1: <laughs> We're like, like, how does everyone
2: know? We just
0: listened to you, O'Brien. <laughs> O'Brien summons the barkeep, mm-hmm. which Quirk is deeply offended by. He's the proprietor of this establishment. Thank you very much.
1: Mm, don't uh, call me Barkeep. Yeah,
0: a sympathetic ear to the wretched souls who pass through these portals.
1: Mm, it's very Shakespearean.
0: Yeah, don't. But... <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought. All bad. You see the the Falstaff. The um, yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, O'Brien's kind of a jerk to him. I mean, I guess Cork is sort of rotten.
1: He did at the top of this episode write sexual harassment into a
0: contract. Yeah, you know, maybe O'Brien just just but heard Jamie it a great Jamie Lee fun. Curtis's sister, <laughs> he, Jamie's sister. Like, don't go there, man. Honestly. God. O'Brien warns Tosk that Quirk will exploit any vices you may have, and Tosk says, "I am sorry, I have no vices for you to exploit." Mm. I just thought, yikes! This guy like has a crippling need to people-please. Oh. Ah. <laughs> that was sort of like a clue, like, ah, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Because be he still hasn't told us why he exists. maybe? Right. Exactly. Mm. Tosk even declines to try out the hollow sweets. He says, "I have no use for fantasy adventure. I live the greatest adventure one could ever desire." Oh yeah but he still won't give us any more deets yeah. and o'brien is charmed but frustrated and the
1: the synth ales that they ordered are served in some ceramic purple mugs that i want for my house
0: i'll buy them for you on nancy <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do synth ales get you drunk
0: um great question we'll put that one to our listeners because i don't know
1: yeah, I feel like in, in Next Gen, they talk about how, as well as currency, like getting drunk isn't something that...
0: Yeah, currency, uh, meat eating, uh, and maybe getting drunk. Yeah. But we've seen, I mean, we've seen some characters kick back. So that's yeah. a good question.
1: The other thing is that Quark says that the Hollow Sweets are designed by the brothers Quark.
0: Yeah, like Quark is his last name? I guess. So is his brother's name Rom Quark? Rom-
1: yeah, I guess.
0: I had the exact same and- thought.
1: And then they design it together, so they're writing all the sexy programs.
0: Mm. Is Ron writing look. the sexy programs? I don't want to look in either of their fantasy no. brains. yeah. Maybe, maybe Morn writes the episodes. Yeah. I think he's got good taste. He's got
1: a fertile mind. <laughs> <laughs> I assume.
0: <laughs> Up in Ops, O'Brien is discussing tasks with the senior staff. <laughs> Bashir gets exactly one line in the episode and it gets so interrupted good. it's so amazing he's like oh well if he's not talking people tell doctors things they don't tell anyone else so and
1: O'Brien just cuts him off
0: immediately cuts him off it sort of made me wish that that dynamic between the two had stayed like that for all seven years
1: I wrote the exact same thing down <laughs> like I I love O'Brien just having absolutely no time for Bashir <laughs> and just having to ask as his best friend
0: yeah, it even made me wonder if, like, Bashir's contract, like the actor's contract, means he d- needs at least one line per episode. Sure, so they're yeah, like, all right, yeah, sure, yeah. we'll interrupt you because it's yeah. a stupid line. Yeah. O'Brien admits that he's really uh, taking a shine to this guy. Yeah. He's almost naive, he says. I kind of like the guy. No. But his ship will be ready tomorrow, so we'll just have to send him on his way, I guess.
1: Um, and there's some interesting stuff that happens with Cisco in this episode mm. where he is once again really settling into the power structure. And a lot of scenes end with him climbing up the stairs and looking down at his uh, subservience.
0: He loves towering over his I staff. He
1: does. He's settling in well. He's got a
0: power trip. He's no Picard.
1: No, he is not Picard.
0: Yeah, really good observation. Like the Cardassian the space station is sort of creeping into him. Yeah, also Dax is just criminally underused five episodes in and she's done nothing she gets like three lines in this episode
1: Uh, is it the whole first season they don't really do much with. they just
0: don't know they don't know what to do with wise beautiful women welcome to the world
1: and you know what let's not get a woman writer in that room because they have nothing to say about
0: that a wise woman we don't know how to relate
1: Ah, boobs. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I love <Star> Trek.
0: <laughs> I'm just jerking, guys. <laughs> Let it out. <sighs> so down in a Habitat Ring corridor, though, mm-hmm. Tosk is trying to hack into the station systems. What is he he, up to? But he
1: shouldn't trust the abstract paintings on the wall. No, no.
0: (laughs) Look out for that abstract painting because it's Odo. It's
1: Odo. Does this happen every episode of season one?
0: Okay. I have genuinely been thrilled on this rewatch with how often Odo suddenly shifts out of something. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, I think they just forget that he can shape shift or they have to make budget cuts or something. But I was like, oh yeah, Odo loves hiding his stuff.
1: I actually have a fun fact. (laughs) Okay. What okay.
0: Is this? No, no, no. Well, this actually. it's actually it's a it's a it's a
1: digression. It's um <laughs> a fun fact I learned from TikTok uh, the other day. <laughs> uh, the TV show Alex Mac came out in 1995. <gasps> so I've been calling this Alex Mac technology, and the whole time it's been Odo technology.
0: Odo inspired Alex Mac. By Alex Mac. I always knew that show was a bit derivative. Yeah. <laughs> Stay now, tuned
1: for our Alex Mac podcast. <laughs> Give us time. <laughs> Alex um, Crack. No, we won't do that.
0: <laughs> Each episode will wind ourselves up with Crack. And then crack into another episode. Oh. Writes himself, it writes itself, It So I did think that last episode, we got to do Freudian analyses of every character's speech, yes. except Odo's, because he didn't get the virus. Yeah. So we get a chance to do a little Freudian analysis, I thought, of Ooh. the art he chose to camouflage himself as.
1: Okay, what is it? I actually didn't uh, investigate.
0: I think it's sort of ruined cave relics.
1: It sort of, it looks like, Maybe some stalactites or stalagmites, maybe?
0: Yeah, but with some, some ancient yeah. runes. Yeah. I'm seeing abstract, but ancient and mysterious.
1: Melty. It's a bit melty. Melty.
0: Oh, because yeah. then actually Odo does just sort of melt into those stalactites.
1: And then right in the center of the painting is a black, tiny little black hole. Let's ask what our audience.
0: to that- note The what, what is that black hole? Um, <laughs> Izzy, Louise, any thoughts? <laughs> On what this piece (laughs) makes you feel.
1: Let's keep it clean, guys. Let's keep it clean.
0: You're the one who talked about the black hole.
1: I'm talking to myself. Keep it clean.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, You know, I thought it had some skill. So well done. You're a good shapeshifter, Odo.
1: And look, he's very in control in this scene. And when Odo is like very controlled and on top of it, um, that's when he's the most attractive to me
0: most attractive yeah. i didn't even know you thought he was attractive i
1: don't but if i had to find him attractive if i like had to smash it would be moments like
0: this i mean no spoiler alerts but apparently he's quite a lover
1: oh yeah yeah
0: he's got he that shape shifting some, he can do whatever you want he can turn into that goo um <laughs> keep it clean <laughs> so odo interrupts tosk tosk instantly goes in his invisible cloak mode but the poor guy is no match for the force fields that odo puts up and he's trapped Tosk says, I did nothing to you. Mm. I must prepare. Um, prepare for what? I am Tosk. Oh. And Odo just says, I'm sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're so attracted to him when he says that, aren't you?
1: I, look, I like competent, sarcastic men. You do, Wow. That's sort of my type.
0: I can't wait for this crush to, to grow. <laughs> but Tosk promises not to fight back and is even willing to, to be led away by Odo. Um, which is sort of interesting. Uh, he really doesn't put up any signs of of fighting. You, you get the impression he could probably take out these these crappy Bajoran security guards, but yeah. he just says,
1: "We can all see those thighs." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you well,
0: you can see them very clearly yeah. through his his thin onesie. Yeah. And so he's he's led to a holding cell, and Portosky's caged behind a force field. Aww. Cisco asks why he was trying to access the station's weapons locker. Tosk is clearly offended at the suggestion that, that he's a criminal or that he's mm. fleeing arrest for crimes. I am Tosk, he says yeah. indignantly, which sort of makes me think maybe he's, he's almost even wired to not break the law because he's so offended that he could be a lawbreaker. Yeah,
1: like he's clearly got his own strict moral code that... Um, isn't understood by this culture
0: yeah and he, like he's, he's limited by it i mean limit more limited than humans mm. who try to abide the law uh he just keeps saying i did nothing to you but cisco can't accept that he just says we're going to have to hold you here and see if someone shows up looking for you mm-hmm. and uh when cisco and odo step out of the room o'brien tries once again to get some answers and tosk just begs o'brien to let him out saying Allow me to die with honor. Whoa. Poor guy.
1: Why why are you be like that, Tosk? Just tell us what the deal
0: is, Tosk.
1: Tell friend, O'Brien. <laughs> oh,
0: Brian. Oh, Brian. <laughs> O'Brien goes into Odo's office and says he's climbing the walls like a trapped animal. Oh. Again, that sort of animal yeah. illusion. Yeah. O- Odo can't be fucked. He's like, well, sorry our jail cells aren't to his liking. <laughs> you love that, don't I you, do. Lily? <laughs>
1: Snarky.
0: Or Brian feels responsible, and he says, "I kind of feel like I adopted him." Oh, right, adoption, just like
1: a stray pit bull. <laughs> Never hurt anyone.
0: <laughs> he's convinced Tusk means no harm, and just is really driving on this point that he's a stray little little puppy. Just then, another ship emerges from the wormhole. In ops, they try to hail it, but get no response. Some crazy beam scans them. Cisco lets them do it without raising shields, which I don't understand why. He's like, "Let them see." I don't. Maybe
1: it's a prime directive thing
0: sure like d- try not to be evasive yeah okay and
1: try, try not to be the, the aggressor
0: you are a wise woman Lily. Oh, sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd, <laughs> you'd scare all the deep space nine riders <laughs> but then the aliens uh, drop some crazy wild radiation that reverses the polarity of the shields whoa which i guess means cuts right through the shields sure. and that's bad news and suddenly some aliens are beaming on board the promenade and Odo rushes out of his office just in time to see these crazy aliens beam down straight from a nineteen fifties B movie.
1: Woo! Hang on, there's one bit I do first there was the Star Trek Turbulence, which is a classic Oh, yeah. Like, I always love that. It's nice
0: when you can tell the, everyone the actors are just shaking just around shaking.
1: <laughs> and then quick it's a red pirate shirt. All right, that's it. I'm done now. Oh, my now. gosh. Oh, my
0: gosh. Just like a little glimpse of the best fashion ever. Uh, Sorry. Continue. Okay, so these, these B-movie aliens beam down, and frankly, their appearance just embarrasses me. Really? Okay, so truthfully, I was at the dentist last week, and they... They queued up my favorite show And I was watching this episode at the dentist And these guys beamed in And I was like please dentist and dental hygienist Don't look up at the TV Because this is so embarrassing
1: Don't see these like 1950s Tron boys I mean they're
0: out of War of the Worlds And they just look so hokey and retro (laughs) What is happening?
1: I wrote dashing
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> great different strokes <laughs> um, like i would wear it <laughs> complete with like the little alien helmet i'd
1: have the helmet but i'd take it off when i go inside
0: <laughs> it's, only, it's rude so <laughs>
1: <polite>. <laughs> it's like thigh high silver boots it's amazing oh
0: uh, there's something in this episode for everyone <laughs> like, the good news is, I think the dentist was focused on my teeth and he didn't notice. They weren't
1: catching up on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I did Nine feel the need 1993. After, I
0: felt the need to be like, "Oh, thanks for putting on my favorite comfort TV." <laughs> that's, that's what this is.
1: I definitely don't have a podcast about it.
0: <laughs> Just, I'm not <laughs> taking not taking mental notes <laughs> for my deep analysis of this episode. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> <It's> so... <laughs> okay, Kira and O'Brien and Cisco rush into the promenade. Cisco tries to, to talk to them, but the aliens don't engage. And then one of them smacks Odo in his shape-shifting face. I
1: didn't know you could punch Odo.
0: Right? What? You'd think you just... I mean, look, you'd think if this were a higher budget, Odo would like goo around. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is not in The Matrix. This, yeah. is, this is lo-fi. Yeah. And then there's a phaser fight. Pew, pew, pew. Um, and lots happens here. I mean, Kira even overacts in a phaser fight, like the way she points her face and darts away. Yeah. I thought it was like Kabuki theater. Yeah. Um, the aliens are super tough. They can repel phaser fire with like their forearms. Yeah,
1: yeah. Those those outfits aren't just for looks. <laughs>
0: yeah. You think they're just high fashion. Yeah, those yeah. go-go boots are made Highly for walking. <laughs> Kira. Um...
1: Oh, and then Odo grabs Kira's boob.
0: Wait, wait for it. Yes, okay. Odo grabs Kira's boob. But first, they have a little best friends club. They do. Because first he's like, no. Nobody's abducting a prisoner out of my brig as long as I live. Mm. Which I thought was just more of his, like, sort of weird Javert yeah, 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 yeah. justice thing. Like, it's
1: like, not- <laughs> only I will torture them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it's not about serving justice. It's about, like, pride in his job. Yeah, yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, are my prisoners. Yeah. And then Kira's like, oh, no, take a phaser. And he says that he never uses phasers. Yeah, he doesn't. Which, I never clocked that, but apparently he never uses a phaser for all seven years.
1: Yeah. I wonder why that choice was. Maybe the actor.
0: Maybe the actor. That's yeah. a nice thought. I, my thought was like, so it's sort of like in um, Next Generation, they had a blind guy piloting the ship. Sure. Here they have a security officer who doesn't use a gun. Yeah. It's just sort of interesting. Yeah, okay, but okay. I think Odo also, maybe if I want to extend it, he sees the, the danger of guns. Sure. Because he was really cranky when the humans were just firing phasers willy-nilly the first episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, he's got a point. I'm, I'm on board yeah. with uh, Odo on this one.
0: Yeah, but then, yes, um, Kira gets knocked down. Odo grabs her boob and pulls her to safety. yeah. And then the aliens freaking blow up the door to Odo's office, march right on in.
1: Ooh, then we got this guy.
0: Yeah. One of these aliens marches into the brig. Tosk is, is invisible. He's trying to hide with his fancy cloak. But he's no match for the alien's night vision goggles. Whoa. And he gets spotted in his cell.
1: I love the little, the little bleep bloops on the belt of this guy.
0: There's some good bleep bloops on the alien, uh, <laughs> the little alien vest. They're doing a lot of important technical I things. I feel like
1: there's some technology in there.
0: One can only hope.
1: <laughs> it's a bit Doctor Who as well, isn't it?
0: Yes. Our guys rush in just in time to hear the alien say, I have Tosk alive. It is over. And then, what a disappointment. Ugh. And after such an entertaining beginning, I guess the aliens had great fun shooting guns at our guys. He's like, they put up a good fight. Mm. But then suggests that Tosk violated his oath of silence to get their help. Oh, he, he takes his helmet off, sadly. Mm. And he's, he's just a guy who kind of looks like a like a half alligator. He's I don't know. like
1: a fancy looking Tosk. Sure. He's sort of like an aristocratic. A
0: refined aristocratic Tosk. Yeah. yeah. And he tells Tosk, to see you here, caged, helpless. How could you allow this? It is a disgrace to all Tosk. Ugh. The most disappointing hunt in memory. Ugh. Sisko is understandably very perturbed by this. Finally, the alien bothers to even acknowledge Sisko's existence when he butts in, but still barely gives him the time of day.
1: Looks him up and down.
0: yeah turns back to Tosk and says, For this dishonor, you will endure the greatest humiliation Tosk can know, to be captured and brought home alive. Aww. You will live out your existence on public display. Children can make fun of you, toss you scraps of food, which Aww. is more than you deserve. Aww. Yeah, so I guess going and like throwing Tosk in a zoo...
1: And Tosk looks absolutely shattered. Shattered. Yeah. And then he does a little snort. He does like shipper. this
0: like gamma quadrant snort. You know, like He's a crazy alien who yeah. snorts.
1: We're the snorting aliens. <laughs> <you know.
0: laughs> yeah, like that's our thing. We hunt and we snort. <laughs> <laughs> the alien orders Tosk to be released, which really gets Cisco's goat. Mm. He's like, you disrupted life on the station for the pleasure of your hunt. Mm. I'm not inclined to take orders from you. Oh, good. Also you blew up Odo's. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you blew up Odo's office. Let's not forget that. Uh, but the alien can't even believe that Cisco would even want to defend this dude. This pathetic little Tosk. And they march off to talk. And O'Brien's oh, sad. He can't believe it. And Tosk is sad. That's
1: his friend.
0: That's his that literally was what was happening the whole time. That's what he called him. He called him his friend many times.
1: Not his friend. 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 He
0: called him friend. Yeah.
1: Devastating.
0: Up in Cisco's office, Cisco talks to the head hunter, or the head hunter. And this is where we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Mm-hmm. The head hunter's like, Shirley, you've got something like this. You've got to hunt in your own culture, and it is moral outrage time. Woo. Cisco says that long ago, humans used to engage in blood sports and kill lower creatures for sport, but we would never hunt a sentient being. Mm. Um, the hunter is like, look, Tosca's only sentient because the hunters made him that way. He's actually been bred for this. Oh. That's his entire reason to exist, oh. uh, to make it as exciting and interesting as he can for the hunters. Cisco yeah. uh, Sisko says, I have no tolerance for the abuse of any life form. And the hunter brings in this counterpoint, the, the counter moral relativism. He says... We honor Tosk.
1: Yeah, we don't abuse them. Yeah,
0: they're actually the symbol of all that is noble and courageous. They train all their lives for this event, and they're proud of their role in our culture.
1: Mm, Sure they are.
0: Yeah, right. It's like, okay, sure, aristocrat. And Cisco's like, all right, moral relativism, yes.
1: Sorry, Michael Jackson glove.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, and, okay, did you look up what Fox Hunters wear? Uh, Do they wear black gloves? I think...
1: Well, I know they wear the red coats and, like, the Jodhpurs and things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, apparently, this was
0: intentionally, minus the alien helmets. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the Michael Jackson. Michael
1: Jackson was also an influence, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Cisco's like, look, I can't judge what is right and wrong on your world, but on this station, I get to make the calls. Mm.
1: He's livid about it. He hates it.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, my thoughts on this. I mean, if the moral really is about fox hunting, then why bother making Tosk sentient? Is it just the idea that, like, you shouldn't hunt something that talks back to you? Like, if it's about hunting cute little animals, they have this discussion of sentience, mm-hmm. which they love to talk about on Star Trek. They do. So, Lily, you're a Star Trek fan. Define sentience. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Put you on the spot.
1: <laughs> uh, what is it? Self-awareness? Sure. Is that what it is? You know I what? I thought that was the defining quality.
0: So here's the fun thing. I tried to look it up, and apparently Star Trek actually uses it wrong. Sure. In the 21st century, the definition of sentient is feeling and sensing.
2: Yeah. So actually
0: any animal that you can hurt
1: uh,
0: is sentient.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And on, on Star Trek, they use it to mean self-aware and intelligent sure. and, and self-conscious. Sure. And actually, the closest thing apparently... To intelligent would, would be sapient. Yeah. So I guess like a computer is sapient because it's yeah. intelligent, but it, it's not feeling. Mm-hmm. And an animal is sentient. And so a human would be the middle of that Venn diagram. Yeah. We're, we're intelligent and feeling. And so Star Trek is, is looking for that combination, I guess. Sure. But if this whole episode is about you shouldn't hurt things, then does it matter that Tosk can make friends with O'Brien? If that's not really the point, the fact that he's like buddy buddies and befriending someone distracts from the fact that hunting animals is wrong, which I think is what they're trying to say. Am is I overanalyzing this? No, no. I just didn't feel that I, I didn't think a fox hunter would be compelled to stop hunting watching this because the foxes don't drink beers with them.
1: It's interesting. I guess it's just a clumsy metaphor, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. One we from a, the. Question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We have a question. Or a uh, comment from the audience. Come, come over. Yeah. You can make friends with an animal a cash or a dog
0: yeah i was actually thinking about that like what if they're just giving a a universal translator to a pet in this episode totally and what if this was an episode about a dog or a cat i mean a dog wouldn't get o'brien's bad jokes because they're not funny but he would be able (laughs) yeah and so maybe that's that exactly it's just humanizing truly sentient life forms who can feel and feel fear and hurt yeah i think that's spot on
1: thanks izzy thank you
0: It it made me think about hunting versus raising animal for livestock. Um, What's actually worse? Because this episode doesn't go after raising animals to eat. Apparently, 23rd century humans are vegetarian. uh, They use replicators. And Riker even says once, enslaving animals for food is outdated and barbaric.
1: Yeah. Now I have to think about the cooking that Sisko does with his father. It's a lot of seafood. Yeah. He cleans all those mussels and oysters that time.
0: Maybe they're replicated mussels, but it's a good question. Yeah. Like, do you think Joseph Sisko would be deeply shamed by his neighbors for actually using mussels? Yeah. I really liked on Star Trek Discovery the Kelpian character who um, mm. was basically a cow, and his whole species is used. For, for chattel and then he escapes the cow planet and people realize he's deeply intelligent and now he's he's captaining a starship so sure. that was like pushing star trek thoughts in in a new way yeah um i, I really liked it that was one
1: good thing about star trek discovery one good thing about yeah. star trek discovery anyway that's not what this podcast is about but yeah I so think, i'm just I think a little you're
0: i think even star trek can get really sloppy with how important it is to be sapient like yeah. they don't really say if you should protect life If it just feels versus if it's also self-aware.
1: Look, I honestly think the writers were like, Tony Blair, fox hunting. Right. But how can we make those outfits really pop and be like fox hunting outfits? And hey, who
0: (laughs) who wants burgers for lunch? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like, I think that's what happens here. (laughs) Um, Uh, So then Cisco emerges into ops to announce that he's actually agreed to release Tosk to these guys. And O'Brien is rightfully dismayed. I personally think it's the totally wrong call on Sisko's part. Yeah.
1: But you know what? He's at the top of the stairs, so he makes the decision. Dude,
0: there he is on the stairs saying he's going to hand some prey over to some hunters. First of all, these, the Hunters blew up Odo's office and they're not getting thrown in the brig. Yeah. All Tosk did was metal with some computer console. But
1: it's their culture. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's almost like Cisco's even dehumanizing and devaluing Tosk. because totally. he's like cute and cuddly. And yeah. these these other guys are like, oh, well, you have bigger weapons, so yeah. I'll respect you more. Yeah, And then it's Kira, of all people, to be like, um... Tosca just asked for asylum. (laughs) Which should have been really (laughs) obvious. I mean, so many characters in Star Trek ask for asylum. But
1: look, they're all caught up in their various emotions, and for once she is not.
0: Yes. I'll I'll throw Cisco a bone because these are the first Aliens to come through from the Gamma Quadrant. He practiced that
1: speech in the mirror. Right? And he was practicing his little diplomacy <laughs>
0: speech in the mirror. But O'Brien is thrilled by the idea of um, Tosk asking for asylum and trots off to tell him to do just that. But unfortunately, Tosk refuses. He says, predictably, "I am Tosk. Mm. I cannot hide here behind the protection of your Federation. It is against everything I believe." It would be an even greater dishonor than being caged on display back home. He says, I am Tosk. I live to outwit the hunters for another day to survive until I die with honor. I will not deny my existence as Tosk.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because it's, um, it's been the aristocratic snorter and Sisko debating his fate. Yeah, Cisco but never but even asked No ask one ask. bothers to ask Tosk oh, except for O'Brien. It's actually
0: kind of awful. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's the point that quite often your superiors are going to um, miss the miss the trees for the forest, mm-hmm. and you need to stand up for what's right. Which, you know what? This is a quintessential Star Trek plot, and it we is. love it. Yeah, we
2: O'Brien do. O'Brien
0: sees Tosk's sapience and sentience. There should be a word for that, yeah. but we leave Tosk to his fate. I feel like that would have actually made a more interesting episode if O'Brien was trying to like save him from his, what do you call it, victim identity? Yeah. Like And actually say, you should be an engineer, you should get a job on the station. And, totally. And if Tosk had that choice more.
1: Because it's like, okay, well, just because Tosk's sense of identity is that um, death is the noble pursuit, doesn't actually mean that that's right. right. When he's literally been bred and created for this thing oh oh yeah and that reminds me of the other thing i want to talk about uh the gem hadar yes yes
0: i've considered mentioning it but i thought i was nerding out but there's another gamma quadrant species who has a cloaking device a built-in self-cloak and they look just like rhinos
1: and they've been bred
0: and they've been bred for a specific purpose yeah. and one of the writers actually says oh yeah the gem were bred by the same sort of geneticists that bred TOSKS." yeah so good spot. Did you did you put, connect those two I dots? Did, yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't even think about that. They're yeah. both bred for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I guess O'Brien. You could argue that O'Brien was just really respecting his friend's wishes when Tosk said, I, "I I live to evade the hunt and to die with honor," and you could say that O'Brien was actually better than any of us. Just saying, I respect what you think your life purpose is, and I will let you do that, even if I think it's it's awful and sad. Yeah. Rather than trying to like deprogram and make him more human
1: sure agreed
0: back in quarks quarks complaining that none of the visitors from the gamma quadrant have bought a drink he's not impressed with the tourist trade from the gamma quadrant Mm. so far o'brien's gone there to sulk he just says shut up barkeep (laughs) and quark assumes it's more trouble with the little woman
1: and he's all there's nothing wrong between my wife and i i would ever give you the idea sure miles we totally believe you (laughs) The lady does
0: protest. <laughs> He's like, if there were a problem between me is that is that Ooh, offensive that was, my Irish accent? No, that's good, keep If gone. there were a problem between me and my wife, I sure as hell wouldn't want to talk to some barkeep about it. Mm, bar that keep. was a very bad Irish accent. No, was great. Yeah, hitting Cork where it hurts. Um, and then Cork just says, Your face gets very pink when it gets aggravated.
1: And it's so nice and someone needs to remind me to say this the next time some guy is in my face yelling at me. <laughs>
0: I just thought it was another Irish slur. They do. Pink-faced, drunk. Sure. (laughs) Um, But Quark wants to practice his Guinan barkeeper skills.
1: And he's like, talk to me about your troubles. Yeah, he's like... You're saying that I'm the problem, but you were aggravated when you walked in here. So <laughs> mm. let's, let's uh, unpack that.
0: Yeah. O'Brien says, "Ah, oh, forget it. It's just the rules of the game. Everyone's playing by their rules. Them and us and Tosk is caught in the middle. If the Ferengi don't like the rules, they just get to change them. And then before Quark can actually pull a guy in and be useful, O'Brien gets his own light bulb. He says, change the rules. Thanks, barkeep. Mm.
1: And Quark is chuffed that he has helped someone. He's so pleased. Because I guess that's what he wants to do as well as sexually harass his employees.
0: He wants his life to have purpose beyond the sexual harassment and uh, coercion.
1: Beyond like, hey, little gold bow lady, touch my ear holes or whatever Ferengi do.
0: Yep. Uh, Character growth. Sure it is. <laughs> um, so O'Brien goes and changes the rules by doing something to a power grid connected to a certain security checkpoint. Oh, mm.
1: he's, he's up to something.
0: And then it's Odo's office, and the hunters have put a humiliating metal collar around Tosk's neck.
1: And a leash.
0: Yeah, to march him to a ship. They claim it's um, customary when a Tosk is captured alive.
1: It's the custom. Put yeah. the gross leash on the Tosk.
0: Well, the prime directive says to respect other cultures, Lily. Okay.
1: I guess we're doing this.
0: O'Brien dashes in and tells Odo that he's been asked to escort the Hunter and Tosk off the station instead of Odo, saying it's a Starfleet matter. Odo is so huffy about it that he storms off to oh, complain to man. Cisco. Yeah. O'Brien says, ah, oh, we just want to smooth things over by providing a nice escort service. or A nice... Ooh. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> nice service off the station. Yeah. What, what do you think O'Brien's up to? Oh, he's doing some smooth
1: talking all right.
0: <laughs> and he leaves his comm <gasps> badge behind. Where is it? Odo storms into Cisco's office, outraged, and then the two of them figure out that O'Brien's pulled a once-over on him. They're being played. Uh, so Tosk is being led through the promenade in humiliation. They get to that security checkpoint. We see exactly one other time in the series, and right when the hunter tries to go through it, whoa, it overloads, and the hunter is hurled backwards. Whoa. Whoa. And then O'Brien steps in with an uppercut. <gasps>
1: Punch his snorty McGee.
0: Irish hijinks. He's like, glass jaw. Now, now I know I why like you wear, wear that helmet. helmet Lily loves. Burn. Burn. He and Tosk skip off. The hunter alerts his comrades. The hunt has resumed. Woohoo. And Darn he I sounds guess. kind of excited about it. Yeah. The hunt is back on. Yeah, yeah, All right. All right. And then we finally get to see Tosk in his action mode.
1: He does <gasps> some little jumpy kicks.
0: When the hunters start chasing him down, he does his fling thing looking yeah. like a flying Komodo dragon. Great task, right? Up in ops, there's a report that the fight's broken out, and Dax, in her fourth line all episode, <laughs> says there's two life forms running away, and one of them, she says with a big smile, is, is human. human. And she, I mean, Dax is loving it. This is delicious.
1: I would just like to know what's going on with her outside of this episode.
0: She's probably having some great sex I think with so. some alien captains. I think you so. know she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we. Pudding. We stan. We cheer her on. Yeah. Odo dashes off to stop O'Brien when Sisko winks and says, hmm, yeah, there's no hurry, is there, Odo? Have to walk so quickly. And Odo is Does so...
1: His, <laughs> it's like pantomime slow walk.
0: He's so slow on the uptake. And then he's like, like robot walk backwards. It's like the funniest bit it's of the great. episode. It's so good. O'Brien and Tosk are like sneaking away through an escape hatch. O'Brien gets his collar off. Aww. Tosk says... Now you are Tosk as well, O'Brien. Oh, Best Friends Club. Yeah, O'Brien loves it. Uh, it made me think like, oh, maybe, maybe he's trying to escape his wife, the old ball and chain. Uh, you know, get those chains off. Life could be simpler with Tosk. <laughs> you know what Tosk. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the two of them uh, leap into a corridor and Tosk takes out another hunter. <laughs>
1: the hunters aren't very good.
0: This is the worst action sequence of its life. <laughs> Tosk literally just falls on this hunter and knocks him out. Like,
1: so the Tosk spend their lives training. <laughs> training for this. Did the hunters train for the event?
0: I mean, supposedly They're just
1: sitting around drinking martinis on their island.
0: <laughs> if this were like a, a modern episode with a bigger budget, you know, they'd be bringing out the the stunt doubles and the totally. action choreographers. But this is yeah. like fall on the hunter. Yeah.
1: But it is classic Star Trek. It's it's classic. what we're here for.
0: <laughs> and then the headhunter finds them and there's this phaser fight. And man, it gets even worse because Tosk all, stop. The hunter is mine to shoot. He lifts his gun and points it at the hunter. Yeah, Like, I've been training my whole life. And he honestly, like... Points his gun and shoots it, like, about as well as I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, really saying a lot. Look, like <laughs> he's, he's, but he does a lot of
1: good leaping. So he he leaps and too. he
0: shoots, and the headhunter, he's dead. He yeah, gets shot. Marty McGee, dead, mm. and his
1: body's smoking.
0: Just desserts, we say. Mm-hmm. So Tosk and O'Brien make it to Tosk's ship. O'Brien's like, what now? And Tosk says, the hunt goes on. Mm. Um, and then invites O'Brien to come along with them. Oh.
1: See, I would watch that show.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the ultimate buddy comedy. Yeah. like uh, Two tasks. Yeah. Free from the old ball and chain. Yeah.
1: Two tasks, no Keiko.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. running from the cops. Sure. Yeah, two, two tasks, no Keiko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but O'Brien says no thank you. And Tosk says farewell by saying, die with honor, O'Brien. O'Brien. Oh, O'Brien. And I think trying to die with honor is what O'Brien has been trying to do ever oh since. Oh, God. <laughs> Poor O'Brien. <laughs> uh, Tosk makes his getaway.
1: And it's maybe the best friend O'Brien's ever had or ever will have. Like,
0: this is the only fun I think they give the guy the whole series, except his tortuous friendship Vigilion. with someone who is not right for him.
1: <laughs> they are so wrong together. Anyway,
0: <laughs> should be talking about engines with Tosk. <gasps> I
1: know. They've just got so much in common. <laughs> a similar physique, I mean I ship them. <laughs> oh. So many parting glances.
0: Yeah, and then Beautiful. the the Deep Space Nine theme sort of plays in this warbling like French horn or something, yeah. like the the noble friendship. Oh. The final scene, it's it's time for uh Cisco to give O'Brien his dressing down for of course breaking the rules yeah. and making a mess of things. Yeah but o'brien says what everyone was thinking or at least what i was thinking which is like these guys wanted a fight they wanted a chase and we gave them a chase yeah uh it's a win-win-win like honestly why why didn't cisco think of just releasing tosk like how long was he going to keep him locked up for messing with a control panel i i think o'brien has a very valid point
1: no he was just gonna hand him over
0: why because the other guys have bigger guns Uh, I don't know. It's horrible. Respect the bullies, I guess. It's respecting the bullies, Uh rather, yeah. But Cisco says save it. You ignored me. You even ignored the prime directive.
1: Yeah, that's a really good, super fast delivery (laughs) of lines.
0: He says, another stunt like this and your wife won't have to complain about the conditions here anymore. Do I make myself clear? Because even
1: Cisco knows their marriage is on the rocks.
0: (laughs) I mean, I thought he was like threatening to kill Keiko. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) No, it took me a minute. I got it. I got there. Uh, O'Brien takes it on the chin but pipes up. "Um, By the way, I was sort of surprised that I breezed right through all the security checkpoints. I thought Mm. for sure you guys would have put up some force fields. And Cisco's like, hmm. I guess that one got by us. Wink, shrug, and it's not until O'Brien says thank you and leaves that Cisco gives himself a little, a little cheeky smirk, big old smirk, and a nod. It's quintessential trick. If you don't like this story format, you're not gonna like Star Trek. Yeah. Um, no wonder you like look, this episode.
1: No, Nobody ever gets fired for this kind of junk. <laughs> no, yeah. This is just par for the court.
0: Yeah, court marshals are threatened sometimes, yeah. but then the captain goes like, nice work. Like, yeah. you know, let me promote you, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're just the
1: kind of cheeky son of a gun that I yeah. like.
0: They're doing Star Trek right.
1: Yeah. And then they follow up with that Dabo Girl storyline. <laughs> No, wait, they don't. End of episode. Oh, wait, you never
0: see the Dabo girl again. Quark is never punished. No. And it's hilarious that he bakes sexual coercion practices into his employee contracts. Lol. Roll credits. But
1: he's, like, really good to talk to, so it's fine. I mean, he's
0: a good ear. Good (laughs) Good ear to lean on for support.
1: Look, it's a great episode. Yeah, you liked it. I did.
0: Good. I truthfully, I started this series in like season five, and I've got such a bias against early episodes. And so it's nice to be reminded that someone who started the show does find so much to, to love from these these more lo-fi, simpler stories.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. It's pretty boring. <laughs> Not a great deal happens. Yeah. But, <laughs> and then uh, even
0: when the action happens, it's really bad action. I
1: th- yeah. Look, I think it, the nature of this podcast is really forcing me to find... something interesting (laughs) and some quick pirate shirt dashes (laughs) thank you
0: so much for pointing
1: (laughs) sorry i just like kept interrupting your entire narrative because I knew Pirate Shirt was coming up. The
0: pirate Shirt, just running away from the aliens. He got his, he got his one second of screen time. What a, what a legend. I like
1: to think he was an extra from a different show. And they're like, no, just do it. It's fine. Or Get like he was,
0: he was caught on set when they yelled play. And he's like, oh crap, oh I'm in the wrong place. And he's actually dashing off, off camera.
1: Back to Disney's Robin Williams film book. <laughs> or something. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, yeah, final thoughts. Most Dangerous Game, Star Trek Edition. Maybe not as thrilling as that, but we're glad Tosk escaped and we're glad O'Brien has one moment of joy.
1: Yeah, look, I think it. we've been teased with a bit of O'Brien... I'm talking about in previous episodes, oh, yes. get a bit of O'Brien content. We've, we we learn a little bit about his backstory in snippets, but he really gets to shine in this. Yeah. And I think that he and the actor who plays Tusk, yeah, I think they have a really good rapport. I think it actually works.
0: Yeah, I... Apparently, a lot, of, a lot of fans find O'Brien to be the most charming character, like to be the fan-favorite character.
1: Right, interesting. The most relatable, I think. And I guess
0: he is the most relatable. Yeah. So it's nice just to see him play, like, he's O'Brien being O'Brien rather yeah. than O'Brien put through horrific suffering, which is what the writers end up doing with him almost every other episode. Yeah.
1: The other question, old, snotty aristocrat. Yes, um, headhunter. Little prince. Yeah. He tells them that they won't be using the wormhole to hunt anymore but then the hunt resumes but does that go out to everyone does that go out to all of the hunters or just the ones on his ship so have they already been given the directive that that they won't be using that quadrant for the hunt so is Tosk running off on the hunt and no one's actually following him <laughs> and he just gets to be like a free pit bull out in the world
0: I actually I mean I don't know if that's like comedy or not like Tosk is just Felting his way through the Alpha Quadrant on the run, and literally no one is chasing him. No one's him. looking for him. That's actually almost sadder, like he has no purpose. But He's maybe like, where? You guys? Like live on the
1: farm or something. You know?
0: Like, Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. <laughs> over here.
2: <laughs> View halloo. <laughs> Yoo <Yoo-hoo.
0: laughs> The other thing, fox hunting did actually destroy Australia's ecosystem, right? Mm. Because the, the Brits who moved in wanted to have their fun. And so they brought foxes over. Sure. And they brought not only foxes but rabbits yeah. for for the foxes to chase and feed on yeah and then both rabbits and foxes ended up completely terrorizing the the ecosystem just wiping out indigenous species
2: yeah
1: the british they did some things
0: great call guys yeah.
1: they had to tally ho <laughs> drink some pot
0: what is it view halloo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think you hit the nail on the head with the metaphor being a bit confused.
0: I do really love the, the comment, why can't you be friends with your pet? And maybe that's why Tosk is treated like a pet, who our, our little built-in translator lets us communicate with yeah. him. But he's a terrified animal, and it's, it's pretty fucked up that he's running for his life. But then, of course, the counter-argument is, well, that's what he's made for. And, like, w- would a fox be bored if no one was trying to hunt him? I don't know. Are they bred now? Just... Or, like,
1: my pit bull metaphor... They're, you know, bred for fighting or whatever. But I know a bunch of pit bulls and they are just cuddly little babies. Yeah, yeah, Who, when they don't have to fight, just, like, sleep in the bed.
0: I feel like it's very easy to imagine Tos...
1: sleeping at the foot of O'Brien's bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Keiko's just... like, don't let him on the bed. <laughs> Ryan's like, aw.
0: Yeah, Tos is just like, oh, Brian.
1: Oh, Brian. I think
0: your household is broken. <laughs>
1: Oh, Miles!
0: <laughs> oh, Miles! <laughs> do we get to do fashion watch?
1: Fashion watch. I, I don't know. New jingle, I, okay? Thanks. Mm-hmm. I I thought a jingle would be good, but that, that was just off the cuff. It'll come. Yeah, I mean it's pretty obvious.
0: The the alien helmets from. <laughs> but you, I think we love the the gold ribbon on gold um, poor Kelly Curtis's yeah. hair.
1: I think the character's name is uh... Miss Sarda. Missada.
0: And her uh art teacher ruffles. Yeah. <laughs> Special runner up shout out to Pirate Boy.
1: Pirate Boy. And look, Tosk. He went there. He wore that.
0: Oh, yeah, his little reptilian skin suit.
1: Yeah, points for a bold, daring look.
0: Yeah, I did not find it becoming. <laughs> but it didn't
1: We're not here to body shame Tosk's or anything. I'm fashion else. shaming. <laughs>
0: Dress for your body. That's all I'm saying. Wow! Just to impress. (laughs) Great. Well, the Fox Hunter's wine has gone down a treat. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I
1: think we did a real uh, Charlie Foxtrot. It
0: was a great Foxtrot. (laughs) All right. Signing off. Signing off. See you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Deep Space Wine is hosted by Lily Rawson and myself, Cole Paulson. Music by Secle Nouvelle, artwork by Daniel Vernelson, and special thanks to Bloom, Louise Delane, and Izzy Rawson, loyal friend of dogs and cats.